0: Hey guys, Steve here from the Comendie Trot team. Today on episode 21 of KT Confidential, the guys chatted
1: about bidding wars. Enjoy. (laughs) Okay. So today we are giving tips on how to win bidding wars because they're happening. They were a thing of the past for a while, but no longer are they. Bidding wars, or multiple offers, are
0: now back. 2017, we saw them all the time. People were listing low, getting multiple offers, lots of bidding wars happening right across the GTA 2018. We didn't really see much of it. Spring of 2019, they're back. They're in full effect. We're seeing them on a daily basis. So we want to chat a little bit about that today. Do you have any... What's your go-to tip? What's your go-to tip if you have a buyer and
1: they're asking, okay, Adrian, how do we win at this... how How do we win this house? Well, first of all, I don't think – actually, Heather had an experience recently where – She was in multiple offers she was on multiple a offers attached
0: home last week. Yep.
1: Yes. But so the agent said, okay, we're reviewing offers on Monday. I don't know if that's the right date, but let's say it was on Monday. Heather registered hers, her offer, on Sunday and sent in her 801, which for you listening, it's a form that basically says, I have an offer signed and ready to send. Um, and the the agent was insisting that she send the offer at the same time. And we I didn't know that. Not yeah. required. No, not required. And I wouldn't advise it because at the time there was another offer. What if five more offers come in in the meantime? Or what if the other offer that was not previously competing now says, well, I don't want to compete, so I'm withdrawing my offer. You would likely change your offer one way or the other. So you
0: shoot yourself in the foot because you divulge all that information. So what's the tip? What? How? How do people get the confidence? And this is actually for sellers. It's for buyers. It's for realtors, specifically buyers and realtors, though. So any realtors listening should really, you know, take get some takeaways from this as well. So my first tip for everybody that's going to be competing or in a bidding war situation is the preparation of it is key. Making sure your mortgage approval is down pat, making sure you got your deposit ready to go, even going out and getting the bank draft ahead of time for the deposit to show the sellers in good faith, hey, we've got the deposit ready to go if you accept our offer. Um, Having the paperwork, you know, done to a T, all the T's crossed, all the I's dotted, nothing missing. So if the seller would like to accept the offer, they're are
1: no changes that need to be made so number one be prepared yeah there's something to be said about an offer that's prepared without errors uh, an agent who's on the ball uh, there's been many times where uh, we were you know given offers that were just a mess and immediately it puts up red flags makes you get a little bit concerned about whether or not the deal's gonna stick so makes a big difference when you're prepared Yep. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of factors to make your offer attractive. There's a lot of components. It's not just about the price. Uh, You've got deposit. So the deposit might speak to your ability to afford the house. If somebody gives you an offer, but only a couple thousand dollar or five thousand dollar deposit on a seven, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollar house, you might question their ability to actually get approved for financing. When you're up against others, other offers, there are only
0: a few ways that you can improve your offer. It's the price, it's the deposit, it's the closing date, it's the conditions. That's pretty much it. So the variables there get limited when you are competing. If two offers are the same and one has a significantly higher deposit than the other, you might lean towards the one with the higher deposit.
1: Yeah. Well, I think something you should do, rewind, before you go out looking for a house, because you might be put in this position where... it's my backup noise. You're just starting to look, and all of a sudden you find the perfect house unexpectedly, and you want to buy it. And you haven't even got things ready with the sale of your house. So you don't know, maybe you don't even know what it's worth Maybe you don't know what needs to be done to get it on the market. Maybe you have no idea how long it's going to take to sell. So you need to get that in order so that um, your house is ready to go. Because if you do find the perfect home and the seller has a specific closing date that could help you in getting that deal, and it's maybe a little bit earlier than you feel comfortable, um, if you know everything's ready to go with your house and you have a realistic expectation of value, you might be able to accommodate that date. So what you're saying is actually inadvertently a way to win
0: in a bidding war because if you give the sellers their preferred closing date, you are more likely to get the, get the deal. Uh, sometimes you might actually be um, better off with planning in advance and saying, okay, the house is ready to go anytime that um, we want to list it. But here's the thing. If you, if you put an offer in on a property, to just elaborate on, on your point. If you put an offer in on a property today, okay? Let's say middle of April, you're putting an offer in on a property. And the seller wants to close end of May. By the time your conditions, if you have any, by the time the conditions are fulfilled, by the time your home is staged,
1: cleaned, decorated, and all that stuff. um, Let alone if you haven't started decluttering, depersonalizing. That's the time-consuming stuff. Painting. That's the big stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, You're talking two, three weeks down the line, and now you're running with a very, very short time frame in order to get yours on the market get it sold and then find a buyer for your place that wants a closing date that would be suitable that you're not carrying both homes so you got to do that legwork in advance because if you're yeah. not giving if if the seller's asking for an end of may closing and you go in there and say oh I want July 1st if a similar offer has an end of may closing they're going with the end of may closing
1: or uh If you do accommodate their closing date, but you – and then you rush things on the sale of your house, you're unquestionably going to do much worse in the sale of your house than you would have done if you prepared. Yeah. So
0: that's a great tip actually because a lot of people don't think that through or have the proper guidance ahead of time to –
1: you know, that just getting prepared is is – Or even have a realistic – Number for what their house is worth. It might be worth more than they think. It could be worth less than you think, which I think is probably more common than not. And that could influence your decision on what you can pay for that house or how much you can spend, period. Yeah. So.
0: And then the conditions in the offer play a big factor. So doing your due diligence with a mortgage uh, broker or your bank or whoever and knowing that, okay, here are the numbers we're approved. If I have to go in without a mortgage condition, I'm confident, I feel good about it. I'd be really careful with that now because banks are doing more digging, more due diligence, and they really want to see the agreement of purchase and sale before they
1: commit to a mortgage on a property. Um, Especially if you're paid bonuses or commission or have a yeah. creative self-employed. or self-employed. If you have an unusual pay structure, uh, overtime, stuff recently.
0: like that. Yeah. yeah, there are so many variables that the bank uh, will look at, but the other thing that the banks or or brokers will do is they'll actually do further due diligence before closing. So before they release the funds, they might be checking on your employment. Uh, Is it legit? Is it, you know, are they making as much as they said they were three months ago? Blah, blah, blah. So you really have to have all your eggs in the basket. So that's one condition. Um, Other typical conditions in a purchase uh, uh, agreement would be one for a home inspection. Depends on the home. Some homes you go into, you know, they they're going to pass a home inspection with flying colors and you might feel comfortable in waiving or not putting that condition in the purchase. The fewer the conditions, the stronger your offer. So if you're competing against another offer, two, five, 10 offers, uh, you have to get creative and remove conditions, increase deposits, give preferred closing dates. And of course, uh, price plays a big factor, usually one of the most important ones, but all of those other components um, make, um, make a good deal so the home inspection is a condition where it depends on the house it really does let's face it you know in a condo and the
1: buyer because the first time home buyer may not feel comfortable not having it that's right so one thing you can do there is shorten it to like two or three days so you get things wrapped up quicker yeah
0: so typical um i think for most of the gta anyways um typical is five business days it can be whatever you want. It can be 10 business days, it can be four months, it can be an hour. Um, The shorter the time frame, if you do want to or have to include a home inspection condition and you're competing against other offers, the trick is to try and minimize that downtime for the seller. Because in the event of an issue with your offer and your conditions, they want to be able to get back on the market or go back to the other potential buyers and say okay that deal fell through now we're we're
1: available again. I think the biggest advice I can give someone when it comes to multiple offers and I think this applies more to first time buyers is you see a lot of them they hear the word bidding war or multiple offer and they associate it with this big negative thing and they say no I don't want to get involved I'll wait and see what happens if it sells it sells it wasn't meant to be. I hate that saying first of all. But Um, Don't get discouraged. We've had many situations where we were in multiple offers, and many of the offers came in well below the asking price. So you just need to do your due diligence, figure out what the house is actually worth, and make an informed decision as to how much to pay based on its actual value, um, market value, how much you see its value as. I mean, if your neighbor is your best friend maybe, it's worth a little bit more to you. A house is only worth you can as afford. much as
0: somebody's willing to pay for it.
1: Yeah. Well, Heather's deal uh, recently, multiple offers. She got it for the asking price. They didn't have to go over asking or make a ridiculous offer. It was a fair offer. Yeah. Uh, and they got the deal.
0: And I actually think they're doing uh, well at that price, both buyer and seller. So it was a fair deal yeah, no question. yeah. now, the other component of that is to how the offer is presented. So just to your point, the realtor plays a huge part into whether that offer may or may not be accepted, the confidence that the seller will have in the agent, in the buyer's agent completing the transaction and, their ability to qualify their buyers uh, might play a factor uh, how well the paperwork is prepared might play a factor how intelligent how intelligently the realtor speaks about their client and
1: the offer and how it's relayed. To yeah, like how seller. well do they know them? Is it a random person that they met on the street that they know yeah, absolutely they signed, nothing about?
0: Yeah, just met just met them yesterday
1: and signed paperwork on the back right. of the trunk. A lot of people, that's what they're, they're working with people they don't know. They're working with people they don't know what their financial qualifications are. They don't know what they do for a living. And if you can't relay that to the seller's realtor, It's going to hurt you.
0: And as a buyer's realtor, you know, you want to be doing as much due diligence on that home, on the neighborhood, on comparable sales, on comparable homes that are on the market currently. Um, And if you can't speak about that intelligently to the seller and the seller's agent, how do you ever back up, you know, quantify the offer of your buyers? How do you ever do that? You can't. So the realtor representing the buyer is a huge component to whether or not that offer gets accepted. I'll give you an example of an issue or a situation I was in back um, about two years ago with first time home buyer that I brought them into the KT studio. I, I sat down and had a proper, proper consultation with them for about two hours, okay? I knew everything about these people. We had them qualified through a bank, um, had the pre-qualification letter, knew exactly how much they were putting down, how much they had available for a deposit, what their likes, dislikes, where they live now, what their jobs were, how long they've been there. Like, I knew everything about them inside and out. We went up, and so we found the perfect house for them. It's actually in our neighborhood, Uh, beautiful town home. We went up against 13 other offers. And I knew that home so well, we had sold, several of those models. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, it's in a area that we do a lot of business in. And I sat down with them and I said, listen, here's what we need to do if we wanna win this. And they said, we agree, we trust you. Um, So what I did was I sat down with them and we typed a letter together to the sellers. Yeah, it's a good idea. it, It basically stated how how much they would appreciate owning that home and being able to start their family there in that home. Um, I ended up presenting the offer in person to the sellers. So it just so happens their realtor um, knew me. She knows our marketing. She knows we're a reputable team. So her confidence level was pretty high with accepting our offer because she knew that we're going to do everything to make sure that that closes smoothly and that both parties are happy. And then I spoke to the seller. I told them a little bit about me. I told them a little bit about our team. I told them a little bit about uh, the buyers. And, you know, it's a true story. People don't want to sell their home to somebody that is going to disrespect their home, disrespect their neighbors. It's an emotional thing. Well, can be. Can, can be. be. Some can people be. just care about the almighty the dollar. Money. Yes, that's true. But somebody that has loved their home for the past five to 10 years, wants and has great neighbors, generally wants to pass that home on to somebody that's gonna love the home and be a good neighbor to their neighbors. Because neighbors become friends and you know you don't wanna sell to somebody that's gonna be an ass, so. um, Unless you don't like your neighbors. Unless you don't like your neighbors. Like if I was ever to sell, I would find the worst possible. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding.
1: I would go after the I live next door to Ariel, for those of you that do not know. Yeah,
0: for those of you that don't know, I've had to live next to Adrian for the last, wow, almost eight years. It'll be eight years next month. Mm -hmm. That's pretty crazy to think. Long time. Yeah.
1: I never run out of things, though, because if I do, I just go next door. Yeah. It's funny, actually. Funny story. Remember when we first moved in and I was over at your house? And uh, I was leaving your house. I think we were having a meeting. I left your house, and just out of habit, I always leave, I always lock the door behind me. So I close the door. I pull out my house key and I lock the door and I walk away. And I'm like, wait a minute. My key to my front door worked in your lock. Needless to say, I changed the locks shortly after. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why whenever somebody buys a house with us, the first thing we do after they move in is change the locks for them because you never know. Who's got, who's, a a, your house? who's got a key to the house? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I wonder if that key actually works on the back door as well. Because no, I didn't. we tried it. It does. Oh, we didn't. Yeah, it, it, I'm pretty sure we tried. Anyways, I don't think it did. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, so there you go. So there are some tips to when. And a bidding war. Bidding wars are really coming back now. I'm surprised. The market has heated up quite a bit and we're seeing a lot of competition. You know what it is, though, is the supply is still pretty low. Like we're in middle of April and there's not a lot of homes coming on the market yet. It probably is a bit delayed because of weather and there being snow. Chris is coming in. He always comes in when we're doing a podcast. Actually, Jen, 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 is Jen here? Is Sylvia here? Tell, tell, Well, I want to say hi. So Sylvia is my neighbor behind me, so diagonally behind Adrian. And uh, she actually wanted to come and pay a visit. They're, they're clients of ours, and she's expressed interest in uh, getting her real estate license. And, Chris, um, just come in. Yeah, just come in, guys. Your back door entry there. She actually... Uh, she wanted to come and chat with Chris because um, he just finished all his licensing oh, and probably, everything. They probably went around. They walked it. around for sure. Yeah, Pussies don't want to get into our, yeah. into our podcast. They're afraid. Anyways, gonna, back to bidding wars. Eh? Is are that what it is? I think they're afraid we're going to drag them into the podcast. Are we done with bidding wars? Yeah, I think so. So they're you know, if you have any questions, leave a comment below. We're happy to answer it in, uh, um, in future podcasts or even, um, you know, we'll do some... Uh, Instagram stories. So make sure you are following us on Instagram. We'll answer any questions that you have. Um, We're fucking pros at this. Like we kill it when it comes to uh, bidding wars, uh, both on the buying and the selling side. We've
1: handled. Oh, one key thing when you mentioned selling um, the house we had on porch light, we had four, three or four offers and we, all of them were within about a thousand bucks of each other. And each one had various components that were attractive in their own rights. But instead of just accepting one, we pushed them all back and we ended up getting up to, I think, uh, they got up to another $10,000 in uh, increased purchase price because we sent it back. So if you're a seller, that one little move could make you an extra ten grand.
0: Having a good negotiator on your side? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of realtors will look at the offers and say, okay, well, this is the best one. You should accept it. And a lot of sellers fall for that because it's a great offer and oftentimes it's over asking and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, I mean, we have worked deals up until the wee hours of the morning just to squeeze another 500000
1: bucks, 2000 bucks, whatever it is. You never know. I've, I've sent an offer it. back and the first revision they made was $60,000 more. Yeah. So it never hurts to ask. Yeah. Um, so a little off topic. Because
0: you're you're looking pretty good. You've been working out. You've lost a lot of weight, and uh, you've changed your habits. Most of uh, them. Yeah. You've changed, yeah. Most of them. Uh, what's your diet looking like right now?
1: Just I don't know. Not it's it's easy to sustain it. It's like good food: chicken, steak, fish. Yeah. Well, you see, when I make a steak, it's friggin' covered in butter. Right. That's not bad. Nothing wrong with that. Not anymore. It's just cutting, now we're vegan. Cut out a lot of the, uh, (laughs) cut out a lot of the, you know, things I shouldn't be eating. I don't eat a ton of bread anymore. And when I do, it's healthier bread. Um, I never really had a lot of sugar, but no more, I haven't been eating chips. Cut out that. I don't just. That's your weakness, chips, right? Yeah. 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 Like for lunch today, I brought a salad with a bit of quinoa. Um, tomatoes, uh, hemp you hearts. Have, are you having breakfast? I had a bo- big bowl of oatmeal. Oatmeal? Oat, yeah. Okay. The and big, fruit or? Uh, not today. Usually. Oh, sorry, I did banana. And then what's for dinner? Um, I think we're going to make... We've got a couple of steaks at home. So we're going to have a steak and a kale salad. Yep. Barbecue weather. Yeah. To break yeah. it but the, the big thing is I occasionally... Cheat like I'll have pizza. I cheated last night. Every, every now and, Bass and then, and Robin's ice cream. Yeah, I had a big bowl of ice cream a few days ago, with chocolate syrup. This is the stuff he's not telling anybody and, at work. And huh? whipped cream, oh. but the trick is, like, I do it once a week, not four times a week. Okay, so diet aside, yeah, favorite meal, pizza, pizza. Yeah,
0: I probably would have guessed
1: that about you. Yeah, favorite pizza. I don't have a preference. I am I like trying new things every time. Oh, okay, I guess one of my go-tos is probably the worst kind you can have, a deep dish. From? Uh, Domino's actually makes a good deep dish. I want to know
0: where is... I love a good deep dish pizza. And there's some of those there's, Chicago pizza places. I've never found any of those. Yeah. So, well, here you go. If anybody is... Uh, listening or watching, and you've got a go-to deep-dish pizza place. We want to know about it, yeah. and we'll actually order some here and invite you for some pizza. See,
1: here's the trick. So, if I want so to leave a comment, if you want to eat something like that, you just make sure you have a big, heavy workout that day, and then you can eat whatever the heck you yeah, want. I'm gonna work out like like this. Yeah. yeah. So that's all you got to do if you want to eat a lot of carbs and enjoy your pizza. So deep-dish pizza is your. Yes. Your weakness, what would you have on said pizza? I like just primarily meats, bacon, pepperoni. I always have pepperoni.
0: Yeah. I really
1: enjoy actually the uh, Pizza, and I'm pizza a, Hut deep I'm a dish, sucker pepperoni for lovers. dips. I like dips. What kind of like blue garlic? cheese dip? I, I used to do garlic. I like blue cheese. Everybody likes the garlic
0: dips. I'm not a big fan. They, they yeah. always seem like melted plastic to me.
1: Yeah. They seem very fake. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyways, that's that's mine. What about you? Uh, I've got a few, actually. So it depends if I'm cooking at home. As you know, I, I make a lot of the meals at home and I cook very often. Um, I'm a big fan of the meals that I grew up with as a kid. So one of the meals that I used to have pretty much every Sunday, my uh, my grandmother used to make schnitzel, Um, so Hungarian-style schnitzel with uh, some fried red cabbage and some uh, potatoes, which were fried in um, the leftover breadcrumbs from the schnitzel. So the schnitzel, you make it in the pan, and then the breadcrumbs fall to the bottom of the pan. You strain out the oil, and then those um, crumbs that have been um, frying in the oil get tossed in some... Uh, some of the potatoes.
1: That sounds good.
0: Yeah, it's really good with a uh, cucumber salad, a sour cream cucumber salad on the side. That is my go-to. Uh, but I'm a big sucker for a pork souvlaki. Pork souvlaki dinner with the rice, the potatoes, the salad. Um, I've never made any of that. It's Tzatziki. I make it at home sometimes. It's a little bit uh, uh, time-intensive. Yeah, it's not yeah. a lot of work, actually. It's a simple meal to make. It's just a little bit more time-intensive. Especially if you do it right. And then if you do the tzatziki and you have to, like, you know, get the cheesecloth out and get all the uh, water out of the cucumbers and all that, uh, it's a little bit much. It's much easier to go to a nice Greek restaurant for 12 bucks and get the whole platter or whatever. Um, You know, we both love food. That's why I was just asking what
1: your... um, It's been a challenge. Not a challenge. It's been... Yeah, it's a challenge. I have to resist things. I'm surprised you haven't got on the juicing
0: bandwagon. Like I, so I just bought the uh, the Omega um, cold press juicer, one of their top juicers. Um, so I don't have to buy those juices uh, anymore, and I'm making them at home. The kids actually love them, so it's a good way for them to be getting their um, vegetables and fruits and vitamins. And. Um, I just feel great when I'm when I'm juicing on a regular basis. I feel. I don't
1: know. I'm not. I don't. I mean, I haven't done a lot of research on it, but I can't. I th- I feel like there's better ways to do it. I don't know that it's the best way to consume those things because you're not getting any fiber. Well, you're eating other things. No, but I mean, and why why not just eat a piece of celery rather than squeeze everything out of it? Well, it's much easier to
0: drink your celery than to eat it, especially when it's combined with. Um, Why are you laughing at that? (laughs) I'm just saying. Isn't it easier to drink something than to eat it? (laughs) I suppose, but... Especially when it's vegetables and fruit. Like in a glass of juice, I will put... Oh, there's so many things that I put in it. Do you eat ginger just like that? No.
1: Throw it in a blender with something. I think blending is better than juicing.
0: Well, you get... With the blending, you get a lot of the... Um, uh, vitamins and nutrients from the skins and and the fibers of everything, but the cold pressed juicers really do a good job of of keeping a lot of those uh, nutrients um, in the juice because it's not heating. Um, there's, there's no heat elements to kill any of that. And the pulp, it's very little and so dry, so it's really, it's really doing a good job. But you're telling me ginger, turmeric, lemon, parsley, cucumber, Celery, apple, and carrots, which is my morning mix. Um, you would just sit there and eat a bowl of that shit. Like, it's so easy. You have a glass. And you but just you're not take getting any fiber.
1: Your body needs fiber.
0: Fine. Have a piece of friggin' whole wheat bread. I don't know. How do you get your fiber? Well, I don't know. Right? Like, I don't know if you can put anything in it that would give you some fiber, but. Well, the pulp. Fine. Make some pulp muffins. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Anyway, I'm glad you're enjoying your juicer and I'm glad you're feeling good. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh what did you want us to uh Oh, we've got guests coming. So, um Oh, right. Between now and the end of May, we've got guests, uh vloggers, bloggers, business owners, uh, so we're looking forward to having guests on. We've picked up some new gear, so we can it's pretty have... pretty exciting. So we're gonna ramp this
0: up now, uh, bring a whole new level to the KT Confidential podcast. So our first uh, guest next week will be um, Francis, Francis from Aiden Co. Here in Milton, uh, a great uh, fashion boutique. He sells uh, lots of lots of stuff that we've purchased there for ourselves and our spouses. I got this shirt there. Did you? Yeah, all my t-shirts. I don't know I if I'm that. wearing anything. Oh. My socks, I think. Oh, definitely my underwear, but I won't show you those. Yeah. I get all my underwear <laughs> from there. Uh, so he's going to be joining us. And then we've got uh, we've got Kingsgate Construction lined up. They're doing that huge uh, uh, Scotchbock uh, winery. Megan um, Tesser. Got Megan Tesser, Tesser from traditions. Tesser Traditions uh, lined up. Uh, so we've got a whole bunch of uh, great um, uh, people joining us. Business owners, yeah. So uh, if you are bloggers,
1: bloggers, if if you have any interest in being on the podcast, shoot us a message. You can DM us on Instagram at Cormendi Trot, or uh, that's probably the most efficient way
0: yeah and, and I mean we'll we'll talk to uh, anybody that wants to be on here, but we are going to be a bit well, particular, almost. so yeah you you gotta have some credentials to come on and and be here with us. but uh, if you have any interest in uh, telling your story or you just want to shoot the shit with us, you want to have a glass of wine, you want to tell the world who you are and uh, increase your reach on social. Uh, come and sit down with us, have a chat. We'll get you lined up. We're now booking into June and July. Uh, So leave a comment, send us a DM. Uh, Of course, make sure you follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. I guess that was the outro. Goodbye. Thanks so much for listening to the episode of KT Confidential. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and follow us wherever you may be listening. Peace out, brother.